Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations and Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. I am your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Happy almost January. We're almost at the crest of 2018, a whole new year. Can't fucking believe that we're here already. (laughs) It's crazy. This year lasted two minutes, at least to me. It's so good to be back with all of you. I love this podcast and I love this community. And honestly, I love how excited everyone gets for these monthly medicine episodes. Um, I know everybody loves the podcast that there's real, uh, like all episodes, but there's just some extra loving that goes down for these monthly medicine episodes. And it makes me really happy. Uh, I'm honored to be here with you for this very special one. And I thank you, by the way, for your patience. Uh, This one um, is late on purpose. I wanted it to be as close to the first as possible. And before I get into um, monthly medicine, uh, just a couple of housekeeping things. Last week, I apologize, we were supposed to have an episode last Tuesday, not uh, Christmas, but the week before it, and I had seriously major technological difficulties over here, (laughs) so I just, I just, um, I scrapped it. It was one of those weeks where I just had to bow to the difficulty and say, you know, what can I do? Uh, I've already got guests lined up for next year and all of you are going to shit your pants. It's unbelievable lineup already. Um, and, um, in fact, I've got people booked into March and so the lineup is pretty, pretty spectacular. So going forward, this is out. Uh, there will not be an episode on the second, I believe that is Tuesday. Yeah. There will not be an episode on the second. This episode counts for that. Um, It also will help for the flow of the subsequent weeks. So thank you for your understanding and your patience. You wouldn't want an interview to go up on the 2nd of January anyway. Maybe some of you would, but we're still very much going to be working with the medicine of January. So this is perfect to represent both this week and next. Um... So our next episode after this one will come out on the 9th, and that will be an interview with someone really, really great. I can't wait to share that with everyone. Um, Yeah. And then I guess really, really quickly, um, because I don't have any other announcements to share, at least not that I can remember, Um, I am teaching a retreat at Kripalu with a number of really wonderful people from January 1st to the 5th called New Year, New You. And I'm going to be teaching you how to read Tarot for the Soul. And I'm going to be teaching a class on the Wheel of the Year called the Sacred Wheel, which is also um, my brand new offering that I'll get to in a second. Um, And it's going to be great. And if you're looking for something to do in a way to really ring the New Year in, in a powerful way, that's a lovely thing to consider. And if it calls to you, great. And if it doesn't, you're going to have an amazing year no matter what you do. So if for some reason you can't make it and you want to and you just can't, it's totally fine. 
Not that I'm telling you what's fine and what's not, (laughs) but uh, I trust it. All good. But just gently sharing it that if you're interested, this would be the time to sign up. And one uh, extra gentle but firm push for the Sacred Wheel, which is my brand new offering. So the Sacred Wheel is um, a journey through the wheel of the year through the lens of tarot. So there are two emails, 22 bucks a month. And for 22 bucks a month, you essentially go through basically the whole deck with me over the course of a year. There are two emails a month, each containing an incredibly rich amount of content. Um, there are video lessons. There are audio meditations and inquiries. There are astrological lessons related to the cards. There are focuses on the cards through the wheel of the year. Um, rituals, a spread a month, if not two, um, various other things. It's just going to be incredible. The January one is already being compiled and it's, I mean, I'm pretty, you know, it's fucking amazing. (laughs) Like I can't wait to share it. It's so good. Um, and for me to say that about my own work is really bold, but it's just, it's just so good. It's going to be great. The, it speaks for itself. I'm not doing anything. The, the cards already mean what they mean, but um, it's really beautiful. I'm really excited to share it. And, you know, I am moving in another direction this year and starting to do just a little bit less one-on-one work. And I'm starting to shift a little bit more to sharing my teachings in a way that is affordable to anyone. And I know that there are some people out there who literally can't do 22 bucks a month. And for them, I, I can, you know, I have this podcast, and like I said, I'll never take a dollar for it. But if you'd like to go a little bit deeper, if it resonates with you, I'm just so passionate about um, getting back to using tarot in a way that resonates with the seasons, with the wheel, with the solstices. It's going to be amazing. Um, the Sacred Wheel, just FYI, is is basically rooted in the Northern Hemisphere, but the Southern Hemisphere will be honored. Um, so if you're in the Southern Hemisphere and you're like, will I do this? You know, uh, I think that you're going to be very happy. Will I get it perfect? Probably not. Um, but I am living in the Northern Hemisphere, so that's my frame of reference. But um like the opposite holidays, the seasons, the energetics of both will be 100% honored in both emails. So it will be very, um, really lovely, I think, for both, definitely for the North, but I think you in the South will love it. And if you want to sign up for that, that's lindsaymack.com slash the sacred wheel, I believe. Let me check on that. I think it's the sacred wheel. Yeah, it is lindsaymack.com slash the sacred wheel and you can sign up for the month or for the year you can cancel anytime you want um and i think you're gonna love it and you can sign up really anytime it's a rolling basis thing but if you'd like to be a part of the first email that's going out on january 1st which is all about the devil so for anyone who is really working on their relationship with that card with shadow if anyone wants to go a little bit deeper into Saturn and Capricorn, if anyone wants a really rich and beautiful full moon ritual to do for the full moon in Cancer, which is on the first, I can help you out with that. So if you're into it, sign up. And if not, you know, 
I won't bug you too much about it. But um, I'm really excited to begin to expand into a more um, affordable, uh, universal method of sharing teachings. So hopefully uh, y'all love it (laughs) and uh, are happy with it. And I think that's all that I have to share. Retreat and yeah, I think that's it. And Sacred Wheel, I'm just so pumped to share that. So if you're interested, uh, now would be the time to sign up. Okay. Oh, man. So I, this medicine for this month came so quick, so easily. It's just, it's all flowing right off of December too. Like December was all about crossing the bridge from any any areas, landscapes, patterns, habits, beliefs, hugely karmic to very superficial that we as individuals or as a part of a collective consciousness were carrying. We were called to examine all of that in December. I encourage you to, even in this moment, look back on your month and think about you know, maybe you're still in it. Month is not over as of the recording of this podcast episode, but think about the journey you've been on this month. I guarantee you, even if you can't verbalize it or you don't still have words for it, or you're still in the midst, there is something changing for everyone. Everyone is at choice right now. Everyone is at choice. Everyone had and has opportunities to stand up, step up, choose differently. And December was all about really looking at the facts and making choices from there and crossing that bridge, in some cases, creating that bridge, building it brick by brick or piece of wood by piece of wood or plank by plank to create a new passageway to take us from where we were, where we are, to the island across the ocean or across the mountain that we or across the ravine that we can't necessarily logically see how we're going to get from point A to point B. And yet that is the magic and the medicine and the alchemy of this idea of sacred bridge. Now, January's medicine is very different for a number of reasons. January's medicine came through to me clear, clean, simple, and true. It was one word, upgrade. That is the mantra of the month, upgrade. Not in a capitalist way, not in a superficial way, not in a way that is about taking more or more excess or more wealth. Upgrading is about being willing to consider that there can be an easier and graceful way, a better way. I'll use that word, better, with a capital B, a better way to get from point A to point Z. And we can probably look at our lives to upgrade. Where can we upgrade? We're so quick to look at the superficial. We look at our homes or we look at our bodies and we think, oh, I should, you know, I'd like to upgrade my look. or I'd like to upgrade my house or that's all fucking amazing. And I'm all about that. But this is a high priestess year that we are going into 
the new year's the vibration of this year's new kind of resolution is about sacred upgrades rather than manifestation or putting a list of goals down that's all fucking great but leave a little room at the table leave a seat at the table for this idea of upgrading beyond what you can see with the human eye you might not even know that divine is trying to drop in you know Maybe for you, if you're looking at your apartment and you're thinking like, man, I got to upgrade this. Like I am fucking ready for better. I'm ready to shift things around. Leave a little room, but write that down, you know, state that dream. If that's your dream to upgrade your apartment, maybe divine wants to hand you a whole new apartment. So leave a little room in your heart for the idea that you could be completely upgraded. Think about an airplane seat. If we're in coach or just flying in a regular way and hoping that we can get a certain kind of food and a certain kind of seat and a certain kind of window, we're not thinking about the idea that we could be upgraded into a completely different level of seating where we don't even need to think about any of that or not or in a completely different way. Because again, this isn't really about getting more excess, more luxury better. It could be, but it's not, it doesn't have to be. In some cases, it might be for you that the upgrade is about simplifying. That's what I'm going through right now. So I can really share that that's super legitimate, that your upgrade might be a richness and a depth of quality, of time, of space, time with your children, time with your spouse, time for you rather than time that you're giving to others. Um, Maybe a shift in the way you're giving to others, a shift in the way you're receiving. Whatever it is, it still requires some work in this idea of leaving something behind in order to go to better. And you know, that's a phrase that's really bandied about. So I want to really, I want to actually kind of like sink into that. When we talk about this idea of releasing what no longer serves, what we're talking about is something very powerful and very fundamental, which is the idea that there's no birth without death and there's no death without birth, where we clear something off the table energetically, we leave room for something really upgraded, really even more in alignment to drop in in its place. That's really what's happening. So it's an energetic thing. If we're saying, you know, I want to clear this thing away, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're done working with it. We begin the process of delayering when we make that resolution. If I say, you know, I am willing to release and upgrade the relationships in my life. I no longer desire to have any kind of abusive behavior. No longer want to be around anyone who doesn't wish the best for me. That doesn't mean that with the snap of my finger, that's going to happen. What will start to happen is that the people who do not wish the best for me are going to come up really clearly so I can see. So that's like when we start detoxing, we can get rashes, we can get itchy, we can get funked out or tired. 
that's the first sign of spiritual detox. And it is also the first sign of an upgrade is when we determine where we'd like to upgrade. The first thing that's going to happen is that the areas that are not working are going to come up and be really in our face so that we can probably, you know, we'll have our reactions to them, but so that we can really say like, okay, great. This is here. Cool. Look at all these patterns, all these places where someone does not wish the best for me. Okay. Okay. So can I bow to this person and continue forward? Can I invite them into a different kind of relationship with me? Can they come with me? Can this relationship be repaired or is it impossible? And then we continue onward. And the more, again, that idea of clearing something from the table so that something can be put in its place, we're just not putting our energy into it. So once we see clearly the area that is not in alignment with the upgrade that we want, and we investigate, and we're willing to, in one way or another, with love, simply walk forward without the energetic tie or cord to that person, we can drop that cord for one reason or another, or we can let there be a little space to improve the cord or strengthen the cord until our words come or their words come. And energetically, whether we know it or not, even if it's painful, we are intentionally saying to the universe, I would desire, I would like, I would like to call in something that is upgraded here. And by the way, we're not saying that like, any human being is better than another, or we should just drop people. But we don't owe anyone anything. If it's not in alignment, it's not okay for us and for them, whether we see that or not. Sometimes if I've been an asshole, or if I haven't wished the best for someone, which has happened, I am a human being here <laughs> on this planet. Um, if someone takes their distance from me, that helps me learn. It helps me grow. A little bit of space and a little bit of vacuum. I can't tell you how many apologies I've spoken to people sometimes fucking years after, 10 years, like 15 years after it happened because I didn't get it until there was enough time for me to be like, wow, thank you for honoring yourself because I didn't see how I was clinging. I didn't see how I didn't have support and I was putting unfair pressure on you. I didn't see how I was jealous. I didn't see that, but now I do and I'm, I'm sorry. You know, that's the gift that we give. Whether people thank us for it or not, it doesn't matter. But it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> they can thank us or not. They can curse us out. It's cool, you know. I know plenty of people are doing that to me too. So it's really okay, no matter what, it can't shake your walk of peace, unless, you know, it does. And then we work through that too. So upgrade, the situation I just described with like, quote unquote, relationships, that's gonna be happening everywhere this month. Everywhere. What are the choices you're making? Examine all of them. Why? Why do you want them? What are you believing that they're going to give you? What are you believing that they can offer? How are you feeling that they're going to serve you? What are you looking for them to give? Are you intentionally reaching for something that is a little bit underneath what you'd like? 
If that's the case, you have to ask yourself why. Most of the time we do that because we're afraid something better won't come in or we're uncomfortable with um, not doing enough. We're uncomfortable with inactivity or with stuckness. People get married for shit like that because they just want to be married already. If that's where you're at, please don't get married. Please be willing to pause at the altar. Please be willing to take a moment before you walk down the aisle, no matter what you do. A lot of people listening to this may have had the experience in the last month of something falling out from under them, of plans that they were so sure of being cut off completely at the knees, getting a job to lose it, getting her in a relationship to have the person disappear, in many ways, maybe working for something that they've been working for for such a long time and not having the thing come in. If that's where you are, it's all about the upgrade right now. You are being upgraded, whether you're aware of it or not. And if you're coming at what you desire from a place of any kind of lack, of fear, of worth, of lack of worth, of desperation, it's not going to come through. But if you're willing, if we are all willing to do our work and to continue to walk away, to continue to gently pause, to clear, to not put something that is not 100% on our table, things are going to work out very, very, very fruitfully for us this year. This month really sets the tone of the rest of the year. It can create a lot of baggage up front where we're actually weeding out of shit that will delay us from what we want even further. Or we can really be courageous. We can be really strong. We can look at things very clearly and we can say to ourselves, you know, I'm not sure, so I'm not going to say yes, period. It's the upgrade. Whether we're aware of what the kind of upgrade is, what we want, the earth can no longer really support anyone doing something because they hope it will get them where they'd like to go. We have to be way more choosy. We have to take a lot more pauses. It's really about coming from the center now rather than the mind rather than feeding that hunger. So it's all about going very deep into the root system and seeing maybe you don't know what the upgrade is that you deserve, but the universe has really got you. It's a question of whether or not we're willing to release old lack mentality and any kind of desperation, which it's not anything personal and it's certainly a privileged idea, but it is a universal truth that desperation really chokes prayer. And it's very hard for anything to come through in desperation. It's not personal. It's certainly not that people who are desperate do not deserve for their prayers to be answered. That's certainly not what we're saying. Energetically, it chokes prayers a little bit. So it's really hard if we are desperate and clingy to really draw in what we desire because from the perspective of the universe everyone is inherently worthy and everyone is inherently available to receive support 
And when we come at something with begging energy, it can really cut things off um, because it's not really in alignment with our true source of worth, which is that there's no need to beg for anything. Um, Of course, we have all had the experience of begging for something, of screaming in prayer. It's not to say that that's somehow beneath I beg in prayer all the time, <laughs> but it, it just simply is that it's harder. It's not like I'm giving it a shitty rap, but energetically it's impossible to really draw in something from begging energy. It just is. So we're dropping out of that now into a space of willingness to consider, into a space of being really available and open and willing to be upgraded in a way that we can't even see that is possible. We might call this being open to miracles. I'd prefer to call it being connected to our birthright, being connected to the idea that great mystery has got us. We are, after all, for the 9,000th time, going into a high priestess year. High Priestess is ruled by the moon. This is about going in the lunar way, in the feminine way, in the yin way, receiving, pausing. If we're not in the kind of flow that we're looking for, waiting until we are here to receive what it is that life would like to give us. So we're really learning the art of pausing until the thing that really feels like a huge yes comes in. And until that time, I don't care if you have to wait a whole year, be willing to just chill out. Be willing to just wait. Don't make any decisions. Don't sign. Don't move. Don't commit until it feels like a massive yes. You're not going to regret it. You're not going to regret your decisions. If it's not a huge yes, it's not a yes. And that's really what we're learning this month. So... Our kind of wild soul collective reading for the month ahead, the medicine of the month, this month is eight of cups. So we've gotten this before and last month we got eight of wands, I believe. So we're really still in this kind of transformational eight energy. Eight of cups is, as I've spoken about before, the art of walking away from something that looks awesome for something better. Put quite simply and quite materialistically, that's true. It's just what it is. The being in the Eight of Cups, like the Eight of Cups is so fucking powerful because it's such a a ride or die moment. Anytime we pull this card, if we're pulling it for the individual, for the collective, it, it doesn't matter. We, the being in the cup suit bleeds for those eight cups. He walks through roads, he moves through depression, through trauma, through fear, through trepidation, through indecision. He literally cuts himself open, bleeds himself dry, heals again, trusts again, opens the heart again. This is a journey with a capital J that we go on up to the eight. And in the eight, we make a decision that is unparalleled in the cups before in the cards before it unthinkable 
that we would work so hard and so long to gain these eight sacred, precious, beautiful cups and walk away from them. And that's exactly what he does. And this is the moment. This is the moment in everyone's life who has made a decision like this that has changed their life. This is the decision for a person who is deeply struggling with finding their beloved, that their beloved comes in. This is the moment where someone who's been in the same goddamn money pattern for years, for years, they walk away from something that would have been more of the same in spite of all the evidence, and they leave room for something new to come in. The Nine of Cups and the Ten of Cups are two of the most spectacularly beautiful cards in the whole tarot. They come through because he walks away. Because he's willing to consider, even though he doesn't know it for sure, that there could be better out there for him or her or it or them. This is where we begin in the Eight of Cups. It is in many, many ways the bridge card because all we know is what's not working. All we know is what's not working. We don't necessarily know where it is we're going. This is January. This is January. Now, will January be full of amazing things? Fuck yeah. This is just the medicine. This is what we're imbibing. We're hanging out with. We're taking this. We're getting used to this idea of really powerful considerations of what we're walking away from in service of better. Be willing to do that with everything, everything. Be willing to do it when it makes no sense. Be willing to do it when, be willing to walk away from something when it absolutely defies everything you know. The heart always knows when Eight of Cups comes to call. Always knows. Be willing to be courageous. Be willing to risk Be willing to risk in really powerful ways. Obviously, take care of yourself. But be willing to risk your surety, your sense of security in a way that obviously doesn't rob you of food. And, like, be willing to make yourself uncomfortable is really what I'm getting down to. That's really important with Eight of Cups to the willingness to be uncomfortable around something because ultimately we're really choosing ourselves. What we're leaving in December is total proof of the idea of walking away from begging energy. Five of Pentacles. Five of Pentacles is the epitome of begging energy. In the Five of Pentacles, um, it's such an important card because it actually teaches us what I mentioned about the idea that nothing can come through in begging energy. Um, any five in the tarot is a contraction card. Contractions are extremely important. They teach us that they are incredibly important teachers and guides and provide enormous perspective on how to move through difficulty with some semblance of grace if we're capable of that. Um, it's also usually a very important moment where we're being squeezed because a much larger expansion is coming on the other side. 
of whatever it is that we're going through, we see that that's true in every five and subsequently in every six in the tarot, actually. Um, even if the six is not particularly glamorous, it's still an expansion or a movement after a period of um, non-movement or of um, inability to see. So in the five of pentacles, we have an experience of being... We could say desperate for money and for security and for shelter, but really at the root of this card, and I mention this because not everybody who pulls the five of pentacles is going to resonate with any of that. Sometimes the pe someone who pulls five of pentacles has perfect shelter, has money in the bank. What five of pentacles is really about from a soul perspective is being afraid of not receiving what it is that we need or that we want. And in many cases, panic takes over and we begin to walk, see the world, feel that pinch and that tightness and that terror that what we long for, desire for, we feel it, but it's not in our hands. Um, it's very similar to knowing like a check is on its way to you and you're just like, it's in the mail and shit is really tight and you're just waiting. The medicine of the five of cups is what are you going to do with that time? Are your hands going to be busy in something? The mother piece tarot describes this beautifully in their card, um, which depicts a woman making tortillas, just using her hands making food, keeping busy, trusting that everything is going to fall into place. She's choosing the graceful way rather than the intensely painful, contractive way. We can choose ease and grace or we can choose difficulty. Um, doesn't mean that ease and grace is roses and lollipops, but it does mean that, and I'll go even further in that, five of pentacles is difficult no matter how you shake it out. How we work with it is all contained in the medicine, just like everything in life. Everything in life. No one is spared difficulty in this life. It's how we work with it, how we move with it, how we flow with it that is so powerful and so important and where we have choices. That's what's really strong here. So that's really what's leaving. Um, is this kind of clutching fear, doing things in a desperate way that really belies a lack of trust in the idea that we're going to receive what it is that we want. So what winds up happening is that we reach for something that's a lesser version of what we actually really want in the heart, just because we don't want to feel that squeeze of discomfort in the unknown. That really fucking stops in December and in 2017, just so you know. <laughs> so just know that. Um, that's why it's going to be so important to move really gently this year to really like inquire and look um, closely to pay attention to things. What we're going to be moving through in January is the strength card. So that weaves into this very beautifully. Strength is Leo, center of the heart, center of movement, of leadership, of courage, of bravery, strength card, the only other card other than the magician to have an infinity loop over the head of the archetype. 
a woman, a soft woman, clear and strong with the energy of Bridget, of Freya, who is willing to trust her intuition enough to put her hand on the head of a lion without knowing if it's going to bite her hand off or not. She just trusts. She trusts. That is the, the essence of strength, is to be willing to embrace what scares us, of course. Where we're going to be doing a lot of this work this month is around this idea of upgrading. So let's say, for example, you're looking for your beloved, you know, and you're like serial dating, or you're not dating at all, or you meet someone who's okay, but not really what you want. January will be a month for you to really collect yourself, to you can ask for the advice of everyone you know, but really ultimately to take a moment with you and tune in with yourself and say, okay. If I'm offering my energy to this person who I know I get a meh from, like I just know in my heart, it's not even like things are building. It's just a no. And I know this and I can sense that it's the same pattern. Can I, am I willing to walk away without it having to be a catastrophe or without placing energetic, um, without placing energy into the time and into the relationship and into the person because I feel that it's a no in my body. That is putting our hand on the lion's head because what comes after a decision like that? Fuck, what if I just lost my soulmate? Fuck, what if I just did something really stupid? Am I sending a message to the universe that I don't want to meet nice guys or I don't want to meet nice women? You're actually sending the opposite message that you desire to call in and keep company with only people who are really worthy of your time. The more we hang around with mediocre folks, the more mediocre folks we have. It's kind of incredible. Um, how perfect a match that is. <laughs> um, which once again, like is not to say anyone is higher, lesser, mediocre, not, you know, the most wonderfully brilliant person to the right partner is a boring person or a weirdo to the next person, you know. So it's important to recognize that if someone feels, if you feel that tepid energy with someone that's cool. That's a sign that they're not for you. And that's, that's okay. That's okay. But sometimes it can be choosing to walk away from something in the hopes of better that can bring up this strength energy. A lot of the time we just think that strength is about confronting a difficult or, or scary situation. That's true, but it can be around something that's very minor. It can also be around something that is actually a lot less threatening. It can be around something that's like, can I change the karma in the way that I spend time with guys or women in relationships or people in relationships? Can Am I willing to do this differently this time? All of that is part of, um, part of what strength is doing here. And same thing, if we're seeking to take a step in our professional life, if we're, you know, looking for the right time to lose weight, if, you know, anything, 
anything. Don't do it unless it really resonates. You're not going to lose your nerve. Just keep tending the seed until it gets to the point where there's a true harvest. And finally, the gentle message from divine is so perfect for us this month. It's justice. So this leads me quite nicely into the, uh, I've mentioned this before, but it just really does bear repeating the whole thing about this year, 2018 being a high priestess justice year. For some people, it might be a high priestess strength year, depending on the enumeration that you honor, which is pretty amazing that both of those cards came up in the poll just completely randomly. But um, justice, we're working and operating when we're in justice on divine law, on divine law. There's earthly justice and divine justice. And the justice card really speaks to divine justice. Because a lot of the time divine justice is kicked off from an experience of earthly injustice. So it's how we work with that that can bring about a sacred balance later in the future. But justice being the gentle medicine, it's a reminder that you cannot make a mistake. Yes, you. Not to be cheesy, but it's true. Mistakes are not possible. This is a highly raw, messy, imperfect life, and that is how it is meant to be. People are meant to get hurt and learn through that hurt. People are meant to trip and stumble, to do the unthinkable sometimes and find their way back to center, to make amends. People are meant to try their best and fail hard and succeed hard. People are meant to evolve through what they are handed. There are no mistakes in this life. There are choices, choices that are made from beliefs that are either examined or not examined. And this is the seat of justice, that honoring reality is the first step to changing the way that people have been responding and reacting. It's the waking up process. It's the balance that can be formed from imbalance. It's really rather remarkable, but it's the beginning of a time when we're asked to trust in ourselves in this moment. Justice is very powerful. It doesn't mean clean it up, get clear, get perfect, get, you know, fierce, get ferocious. It can mean that, but often it starts with a very quiet look at the truth. What is the truth? What's the truth? Not for what you think should be happening. What's actually happening? Let's start there. That is justice. So justice is coming up in a twofold way in the reading of our year, and then I'll expand it out into the year in general. The reading of the month and how it's here as a gentle medicine for the month, it's helping us to remember that justice is a fierce motherfucker. A lot of the time, if we are in justice, if we are in the justice card, it's a reminder to us that we might be very susceptible to sinking into a place where we believe that life should be different than it is. And it's not true because it's not different than it is. If we can start with that, if we can start from recognizing, whoa, 
I really wish life was different, but I also recognize that it's not. And I recognize it's not because of all of these pieces of evidence. And um, I'm going to learn, try to understand that. And then I'm going to step up and be a force for change. My conversation will be different. Everything's going to be different. If you're single and you're really feeling like fundamentally you should not be single, you have work to do this month which might be really tough to hear. You might have a big story. You might have a lot that you might even want to write me and tell me about that. It would be all for you to look at, not for me to look at. That's what justice tells us. And of course, I'd honor any story. I have those beliefs too. Everybody does. If a healer or a teacher is not talking to you about like their raw, ugly shit, they're probably not very comfortable dealing with it. I have tons of things in my life that I feel should be, and that's part of my work to do because I can't really change them unless I'm willing to look at the medicine of why they are in the first place. And that can be very, again, superficial or very, very, very deep, but it all ties into this idea of us being willing to release the idea of making decisions, contracts, commitments to things in fear or in being less than sure. It's just as simple as that. And if the gentle medicine is justice, it's helping to root this idea in, in a much, much, much larger way than even I can perceive of, which is to say that for the very good of the health of the planet, we have to be willing to shift this because the more we as human beings make decisions from a place of fear or of desperation or of lack, the more asleep we are in our lives, the more we continue cycles of fear, the more we continue cycles that probably have been handed down to down from our parents and their parents about staying safe and keeping our nose clean and not engaging in too much risk. And that just may not work for us in this lifetime. So we really have to look like if we are longing, desperate, wanting something to work, why? Why? Beyond your ego, beyond just wanting it, why? Are you afraid you won't have it? Is there fear about this thing or that? Are you approaching something from a place of incredible force that really just needs to come on its time? And if there's pain or feelings that it's not fair, can you be with that? Can you actually just tend that wound? Some of the most powerful work in my life has come from that place of stopping the huge, enormous movement of energy toward changing my life to why I want to change it. There's usually a lot of pain underneath that or a lot of fear that I'm not going to have a happy life. So if that's where you're coming from, tend that wound first, because on the other side of that tending is a lot more expansiveness and a lot more clear sight. And it might even change for you all of what you want, which is a huge part of the theme of upgrade this year, is that what you've wanted, what we've wanted, what we've wished for, what we've asked for, our true aligned desires might be different. And that's awesome. It's awesome. But we can only get to that from the willingness to start looking at things as they are rather than as we'd like them to be. 
and choosing to make choices that are in alignment with that, with what we feel that we deserve, even if we don't necessarily know how we're ever going to get it <laughs> or how it could ever happen. It's all about that theme of upgrading. It's all about that theme of upgrading. And again, um, to sort of dovetail onto that, 2018 is our high priestess year. We get that because we add up two plus zero plus one plus seven, which equals 11. So I'm going to start with that. 11 is a master number. As many of you know, it's a manifestation number and it's a number of connection with angels, connection with spirit guides, connection with our intuition. It's a deepening of oneness with universal mystery. It's an ex extremely powerful number. It also has to do 11 with manifestation in a way that is very balanced, which is why we come back to that idea of justice. There has to be an, a balance with earthly law and earthly kind of um, alignment and divine alignment. So there's a lot of really powerful balancing, shifting. Um, both feet are definitely on the ground this year in a very, very powerful way. Um, that's the start. Um, some people honor 11 in the tarot as strength. Some people honor it as justice. Um, I've really gotten um, strongly for myself uh, to view it as a justice year, even though both are like totally equally correct. Like there's no right or wrong for sure. Um, just because I've gotten so much intuitive download so many intuitive downloads about things that have been out of alignment being put back into alignment it's like having a bone that's being broken that's getting reset that's happening a million times over this year resetting the bone um and it's also i'm getting with regard to considering justice um a very powerful opportunity to again, upgrade, because with justice, it's very hard to continue forward in a way that like justice really takes no prisoners with regard to trying to do something that's not in alignment. And that um, has been such a strong theme. It ties into Saturn and Capricorn. There's no more bullshitting. Like, and it's not to say that anyone is bullshitting. Everyone's doing the best that they can. But when we start seeing it in this way, um, Saturn and Capricorn is really like the way that we're connected to karma, to our obligations. It's very dedicated, very hard work. It It's um, very hard to get away with anything <laughs> in Saturn and Capricorn. So be willing to investigate how you're using your energy and your power because it's very important. Um, but if you strongly feel that your 11 year is strength fucking amazing because there's just as many energetic pieces of you know um areas of example for that as there are for justice i'm just i've been feeling um very strongly in my body that this is a justice year for sure and i can see it politically in the earth with the environment with our law with like literally all kinds of different things like justice the hammer is definitely falling in 2018 and um when we add up 
11, 1 and 1 together, we get 2, which is why this is a high priestess year. So this year, very powerful, the way that we're going to be engaging with it. This past year has been a magician year, and it's been all about kind of outward expression. The magician, you could say, is a manifestor as well by Mercury. This year has been all about communication, all about communication, activism, speaking our truth, speaking up. This is why there have been so many opportunities and examples of moments in the history of our world in 2017 where if we were not willing to step up and communicate to um, be connected with our words, with our speech, with our action in a way that was in alignment with our values, there were a lot of trip ups that happened. And if we were unwilling to be vessels for the kind of communication that wanted to come through and was ready to come through because magician is the one who receives divine information and is able to bring it through his body out into earthly form. If there were any kind of kind of like d distractions for that alchemical process for something to come through and out, um, the magician needs time, space. The magician needs a lot of root chakra strength, a lot of crown strength, a lot of um, energetic connection to seasons, to the world around him, to nature. He needs his altar. He needs his connection with spirit. If any of that was really lacking, um, there's been like trip ups again. It was probably a difficult month or, or a difficult year, or it was an opportunity to correct and rebalance in this way that is important. So all that to say that this year that's passing has been really about clearing the channel and bringing things out. This year is about connection to within. So it's about feeling and connection and then being available to bring something out after we've traveled very deeply into ourselves to consider, to think, to feel. High Priestess is the knower of the great mysteries. She has crown of Hathor on her head, crown on her chest, ocean and moon at her feet. This is the uh, Smith Rider Waite imagery. She's also holding a scroll, the Torah. What this essentially tells us is that the Torah is a symbol for the Akashic records, essentially, that the high priestess has access to this world. She has access to the mysteries of the feminine, to the goddess, which she holds on her head. She has m access to religious mysteries, to the straight line, to the circle way. And she has access to the spiral way, to earth and to nature, to information that comes from everywhere. The way that the high priestess drops into these mysteries is through the moon. And that has less to do with the physical moon and more to do with blood which I've shared on this podcast, is that there is a psychic space of openness that any bleeding individual can get to when they're bleeding, that you don't need to be a bleeding person to access this. It's a deep connection, oneness that we can receive from the moon, from our connection with the moon. And whether we are man, woman, non-identifying in gender at all, bleeding, non-bleeding, for any reason, for any reason at all, we have a right 
and an access and an ability to access this quiet mystery. We can do so by meditation, by connection with the moon. Susan Weed talks a lot about this in Healing Wise and uh, another book of hers. I can't remember which one. Um, but Healing Wise is a wonderful place to start around the idea of blood mysteries. Anyway, all this to say that 2018 is the year of deepening our connection with nature and letting that guide our intuition and our decision. The High Priestess is a very beloved, celebrated, kind of idolized card. She's quite difficult to tap into because she is our mile marker and our beginning in our journey to deepening our intuition. And the biggest component to deepening intuition and hearing the inner voice is quiet. And quiet is very hard to come by when we're repeating patterns, when we're in relationships with people just because we're afraid of being lonely, we're in the same bullshit job, and there's no evidence for us to quit, but we're also miserable and vice versa, or um, and on and on it goes, not vice versa, but on and on it goes. It's very difficult to drop into high priestess energy when we are filling our time up with things that don't align with what our truth really is. This is the crux of the upgrade. It's to serve us dropping into our inner high priestess more and more and more, which is just another way of saying dropping in with our inner wisdom. So that we're going to be doing a lot of work with that, but that really all starts in January. It's very powerful, very powerful to begin that cycle in January. We're starting this month off with a full moon, which is also gorgeous. Um, on the first, we have a full moon in Cancer, which is really strong because it has to do both with coming. It's, it's almost like the year starts and we're immediately in deep water. <laughs> we're immediately in this sort of beautiful, luscious, um, crab shell, sacred, watery, oceanic place within ourselves that um, is so important for us to access the depth of our feeling and our emotion. And, you know, cancers rule by the chariot. A lot of the chariot has to do with the juxtaposition between our inner kind of sensitive spot, like our soft shell, crab, innards, and what the earth, what our dharma is asking of us, how comfortable we are coming out of our shell, how comfortable we are leaving that shell to move into mysteries, you know, as of yet unknown. So the full moon in Cancer is the perfect time to really drop in, sensing the fullness of the watery nature of this year, dropping into our inner landscape, dropping into the kind of harvest that we're calling in around um, sacred nurturance, around self-mothering, around deepening our connection with Divine Mother, with water, with the earth around us, with the Divine Feminine, with yin. All of those things are beautiful rituals to or even just meditations to think on for the upcoming month and then we have a fucking huge badass beautiful new moon in capricorn on the 15th which 
I mean, I don't even literally need to say anything about it, but I will. New moons, of course, are the time when we really plant seeds of intention for the cycle ahead. For it to be in Capricorn is really strong because it is a very full um, kind of Capricorn flavored year that we have before us. And we're sort of starting the year off in this energy, as everyone knows, because the sun will be in Capricorn until um, later in January. Um, this is when we get to plant our seeds of hard work, of intention, what we want, what we want to build. Capricorns are the builders and they're willing to work to get there, but we have to start in water. We have to start in softness. We have to start in oceanic expansion and then we go to hard work. And that is going to be the flow of this whole year. So you might as well get used to it now. <laughs> and um, let's see. Oh yeah. And I'll just spend a moment talking about this because we're already at an hour. We're going to be moving from Capricorn to Aquarius this month. Um, I always like to talk about this as everyone knows the juxtaposition of moving from the devil to the star. So the devil, the devil is ruled by Capricorn. And I've spoken about this card kind of ad nauseum at this point, I know on this podcast, but we are going to be shifting a lot this year around the idea of shadow and judgment and willingness to bless the shadow, willingness to shift the narrative that sinful behavior is a real thing and that we can make mistakes because there truly is nothing in this life that is not, there truly is nothing in this life that is not forgivable at least in a divine sense. And there is very little in this life that cannot be recentered from. And this is a very strong time in our nation's history for good reason to be deeply, deeply decisive about what is right and wrong. Um, as a human being and as a woman, I get it. And I'm right up in there. But in a much larger way, some of the finest, most useful, helpful, healing voices have come from ex-convicts, have come from people who have murdered people and have woken up and realized what they've done and have changed their lives. There are many examples of people who have dropped into shadow and made gold from it. And if we are unwilling to see from any walk of life if we're unwilling to hold a space for someone to be recentered after moving in such darkness, um, it will be very hard for humanity to pull out of where it is. There has to be a willingness to go into that direction. That's a lot of the devil. It's a lot of the devil is examining how we're looking in the mirror, how we're judging others. If we're afraid of being judged that way ourselves, it's possible that you're not even thinking about that. It's possible that you are. And it's certainly not to say that there are not some huge major assholes out there. If someone is available to recenter and to shift their lives in a very real way, then the devil will hold a candle. That is the idea of the devil, that we can shift. 
The devil also holds a different narrative, which is to say that we're asked to bless our shadows, which is to say that if we have desires, longings, um, proclivities that don't harm anyone, but we feel are somehow shameful, the devil asks us to really dance with them and to bless ourselves and to bless them and to tango a bit with the idea of them, not necessarily to engage, but to be okay with the thoughts and the feelings and the experiences that it brings up. In its fullest form, the devil really allows us as human beings to not feel shameful about any feeling or thought because we don't necessarily have to engage with it. We've, for years, for centuries, we've thought and felt in this life of ours that if we have a thought or a feeling, we got to do something about it. We got to honor it. If we feel that we should, you know, do X, Y, Z, even though it might may bring us or another person harm, it's very hard with the setup of our society to say, well, no. <laughs> I have a really strong desire to engage in this thing, but I'm going to look really closely at that. I'm going to really tune in with myself and I'm going to see, you know, does this support and serve me or does it not? And that's the kind of work that we get to do in the devil. How it relates to Capricorn is interesting because, you know, Capricorn is the mountain goat, the myrrh goat, and that's really related to this idea of the devil. But um, really, the devil, Capricorn is capable of anything. Let's be real here. Capricorns are capable. They have big time choice in this life, many of them. They can really use, they can do anything. They are these Zodiacs superheroes. Will they use that power for good or for evil? For many of them, that's never even a question. They're just doing the best they can with the sacred ability, energy, and power that they've got. But it's a question. What are they going to do with this ability to walk up the mountain? What mountains are they choosing where can they go? So the devil relating to this sign and to the energy of Capricorn, it's not an accident that the wheel of the year, well, the wheel of the year really starts um, with the emperor, with Aries on the 21st of March, which is the solstice, but the calendar begins on January 1st, kind of in our more over-cultural sense. Obviously, everyone has a different start to the beginning of the year from culture to culture. But if we're just simply looking at the calendar, at like the Western calendar, this idea of beginning in Capricorn is very interesting because how are we going to engage with our year? How are we engaging with our lives? How are we choosing to use kind of this leap-off point? All of that we're looking at. And then our shift from that energy to the star is really powerful too because we kind of burst into this year in a blaze of resolutions and, you know, willingness to like run up that mountain, run up that hill, get it done. We're not really thinking too, too much about how it is that the actual serve us. We just think it will make us happy. This year we're being asked to think about, 
you know, what sounds like it'll make us happy and what will actually make us happy. That's a lot of devil too. But the star is the big healer. It's the hope for a different future. It's a different way of seeing things. We're seeing things through starlight in the star. We're healing the heart. We're healing trauma. We're healing wounding. All of that is necessitous. And that's why a lot of the time um, the star hits at a time in January where people are starting to sort of fall off of their resolutions. And really kind of the deeper thing that's going on is that Capricorn gives us the opportunity to be really clear in our direction. It's very easy, though, to trudge up in a direction in Capricorn energy that's not really serving anybody. The star comes for us either way, because if we're really in our our alignment in Capricorn energy, we're going to get to a certain point up in the mountain, and it's going to be really necessary for us to cleanse and clear before we can go further. It's a really vital part of entering into a new yearly cycle. Um, it's also the medicine of Aquarius, just so profoundly, like the seer, the the humanitarian, like all of those things come up with the star and with the energy of gentleness. But with that being said, if Capricorn, if we trudge up the mountain in a way where we have these insane resolutions that really like just harm then we're actually going to need the star (laughs) because we're going to need to clear and heal from that kind of misalignment it's not a problem it's just part of the medicine of how we flow from one to another um so to go from devil to the star is just a look at the shadow nature and then a return to the star nature so there's a lot of power there Upgrading. This may be a private journey that you really walk and cherish and hold to in a way that is so intimate for you. Not everyone, even the most beloved people in your life, can hold a space of upgrades. It's a rare person who can hear about a friend or a loved one's upgrade, desire for upgrade, and actually hold that for them without letting it um, feel like they're threatened or they're taking it personally or they are somehow projecting. Don't let anybody, anybody your family, your mom, I don't give a fuck who it is. If you have a soul desire to upgrade a pattern in your life, be real fucking guard that shit. You got to guard that shit. You got to be really, the word that's coming to mind is rigorously fierce. (laughs) Uh, The term about who you share that sacred precious flame of light with because some people don't realize how precious it is and they'll blow it right out because they're not aware that they're not looking in a mirror if this is what your mom does every time you talk about an upgrade 
You have to be willing to try something different. You have to be willing to not share it with your parent if they do this to you or if they project onto your dream. If you've got a friend, even your partner, that might be really painful for a little while. Tend the flame. Be willing to seek out people who can hold that space, who trust and value, who want to upgrade themselves, maybe not in the same way you do, but in their way. These are the people who are going to share that vision with you. And then your beloveds, who might not be the best support system for this moment, they'll come along with you. They will. Start in the here and now. Start with trying things a little differently. Start with seeing where you might keep yourself in an unconscious pattern of slightly underneath what the universe would like to give you because you keep sharing your dreams with people who can't hold them. This is the year to do things really differently. Trust yourself. Trust your decisions. Trust in the body. We're going to start to get a lot of information from the body through injury, through illness, through happiness, through health. Um, It's not to say that people will be injured or ill, but if we do get colds or if we're feeling stressed or if the universe or diviners trying to communicate with us to take a pause to not do something whatever even if we can't really understand it it might take like a stub toe or a headache to get us to see like okay maybe I'll like take a moment here um pay attention and be willing to consider that it's all to be of service to this sacred upgrade Really, many things astrologically resonate with this as well. Start with this sacred golden flame. It's yours. It's been burning in your heart since the day you were born. Don't share it with anyone unless they truly are worthy of your heart, of your hopes, of your dreams. It's not to say that you should stay private, but... This is high priestess energy. It's about the sacred oneness with divine, with ourselves, trusting ourselves. That elicits upgrades. It yields to upgrades. But if we're constantly seeking outside of ourselves for, you know, justification or for worth or for confirmation of our worth, we're not going to go as far as we could if we were willing to hang out in discomfort and trust ourselves. And that, my dear wild souls, is what I have for you this month. I hope you enjoyed it. I always appreciate you listening. And I can't wait to hear how you are longing to upgrade. I can't wait to hear how you find yourselves in this month. And I can't wait to hear what you choose to walk away from in service for better. Because it's not personal. It's just about honoring that What doesn't work for you is going to work perfectly for someone else. And because you're not trying to make a thing work that's not working, you're free and open to actually receive the thing that works. So really everybody wins. (laughs) And I'm so excited to keep tethered to you in the month ahead because it's going to be a real sweet um, offering of lessons. Um. If you like this podcast, please consider rating and reviewing it on iTunes. It really does help with numbers and with all kinds of things and helps people find us. Um, 
If you have questions or any feedback for me, please feel free to email me at wildsoulhealing at gmail.com. And yeah, thanks for being with me and all of my humility and imperfection and cursing. And (laughs) I'm really grateful to be going into this new year with all of you. Have a tremendously beautiful full moon in Cancer. Have an absolutely spectacular new year. I hope it's everything you want it to be. Be gentle with yourselves. And I'll see you for a brand new episode on January 8th. Until then, take care of yourselves. Bye.